Adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Bonsack, and welcome to episode 53 of Books Cubed, the show right chat with the authors that you should be reading. It is Thursday, February 13th, 2020, and I have a really great show for you today. I am going to be chatting with Paige Lavoie, a young adult author. I have her book right here. I'm going to hold it up if you're watching Confidence, a Diary of an Invisible Girl. Um, I'm back after a little bit of a winter hiatus due to illness, illness, more illness, a lovely family reunion, and some more illness. So I'm hoping that the rest of the year is much nicer to me. Anyway, let us get right to the interview. It's a really good one. We talk about all kinds of great stuff, comic books and Star Wars films, and more comic books, more Star Wars films. Anyway, let's get to it, and I'll see you after. Okay, I want to welcome Paige Lavoie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Uh, I was so excited to find your book at the Indie Book Fest. I think I've got that right, right in Orlando. Mm -hmm. two, two summers ago. Oh, wow. I'm trying to remember what month. Is it like this, um, Jan uh, not January? It's like June or something, right? I know it's it's hurricane season because they ran into trouble with that one yeah. of the years. So I, that sounds correct. Yeah, yeah. And I I had some issues with a with a with my dog, and so I was there for all the um, uh, uh, panels the first day, and they were fantastic. One of my friends uh, gave me a, a ticket, and I was very excited to get a free ticket to do that. I would have paid for it. Uh, and all these panels are fantastic. And then the next day I had an issue with the dog and I couldn't get up there until about 30 minutes before it was closing. And I normally like to wander and, excuse me, and look at every single table and read part of books, you know, and I, I go home with armfuls of books. And, and what I did was I just went around and, and shopped by cover, which I usually never do because I've been burned a few times. So <laughs> Uh, but so I, when I saw yours, I walked by yours at first because it was a diary mm -hmm. and I'm going to hold it up for everybody. It is confession, uh, no co confidence. I'm sorry. It's confidence okay. diary of an invisible girl. So I walked past it at first cause it was young adult and it was a diary. And then I, I made my, and I went around and I had a huge stack full. And then I said, I got to look again. And I, I read like a paragraph went, Oh no, I got to get this. I got to get this. And then unfortunately it was at the bottom of my stack and I, I work in order because I, I, I spend so much time looking at them all and fondling the books and all that, that if I didn't just read them in order, I would never get anything read. So when I finally got to it, I'm like, oh, I wish I'd read it first. It's so good. Aww. So I'm going to read your, your, before I get too far into this, I'm going to read your bio. Okay. Paige Lavoie. Did I say that right? Yep, you did. You got okay. it. She's a vintage-loving young adult author from Orlando, Florida. She writes coming-of-age stories about geek girls, outsiders, and monsters. Paige loves telling stories about characters who find strength in themselves and create long-lasting friendships along the way. When she's not writing, Paige makes motivational pep talk videos for the local writing community. And I'm going to say it wrong. Can you say what they call themselves? Writer's Atelier. Atelier streams creating writing and video games on her Twitch channel and can often be spotted strolling arm in arm with her husband, hunting for antiques to furnish their 1950s home. And you have a blog and I, I spent a little time on your blog and your YouTube channel. So I'm going to put them in the um, show notes, everybody. And I recommend that you go and check both of those out because there was a lot of interesting stuff on both. So let's start with, with just this book real quick. Mm -hmm. So tell everybody just a little bit about what confessions God darn it. it's okay. confidence. <laughs> why do I keep saying confessions what confidence confessions diary of an invisible girl. girl is about and it's a great cover if you are on the if you're listening on the podcast it is um a blue cover with all these little drawings of like a pizza and a superhero mask and a camera and then there is a um what looks like a a little badge you'd have when you go to a comic-con and it has the title on there with her name and um that really caught my eye whoever did your cover they did an excellent job thanks so, that was actually my husband and i so you did, you did an excellent job and a lot of times you. i say don't do your own yeah. covers and, and i um, don't anymore <laughs> yeah but that that was um it's an awesome cover so tell everybody just a little bit about what's it, what it's about so it was inspired by the idea of being or feeling like a background character in your own story. Um, so we have Barbara who she's got this cool superhero name. 
She was named after Barbara Gordon and she loves comics. She would love to be like a comic book artist. Uh, but she kind of goes through her days feeling like she's completely invisible. She walks through the hallways at schools, just kind of without like a core friend group, feeling like she's awkward, feeling like even if she were to meet friends, they probably wouldn't like her. Uh, and she crashes into the cool new girl at school and kind of gets thrown into this life of like geeky fandom and comic conventions and making secret YouTube videos in the school's AV club and uh, learning just to, that she can take up space, that she is allowed to be herself and be nerdy and be loud. And uh, also the ups and downs of first friendships. It starts off very like glamorous friends, oh my gosh, this is the best. But sometimes there's a lot of like dynamics that you need to work out that can be a little bit unhealthy. And Cassie is a complicated character who's dealing with a lot of stuff herself. So um, yeah, that's yeah, the girl that she, yeah, the girl she befriended. And yeah, I mean, I can mm -hmm. see, I, I, I felt a lot of um, sympathy and, and I, not that it was my story, but I completely understood. I'm 55. So, but I, I remember what it was like in high school. And I remember wanting to be in that, in some kind of a group. I didn't read comic books as a kid. I watched hockey, but still, okay. um, I, I got into comic books and things when I was a lot older, but uh, I can totally understand. And written as a journalist, written as journal entries, which shouldn't keep you from you readers or your listeners out there, don't think that because it's a journal that it's going to be stilted or it's not going to flow as a story because it flowed fantastically. I sat down to read it and I think I read it in, I read it in just a few hours, but it was two sittings. I sat down, I, was, I read about half, then I got up and made lunch and brought it back with me to lay in bed and read the rest of it. And um, I really enjoyed it. When it got to the end, I, I was ready for more. And um, I, are you going to do a sequel to these characters? Um, I've tried probably about three times. I have two that are completely like, I don't know, like finished manuscripts. Like, no, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say they're finished rough drafts, like extremely rough, rough drafts. Um, but none of them have felt right. None of them have felt like the right sequel, um, where I'm glad that I've kind of experimented and stuff. There was one that was a a short story that was like a Christmas special that they all went to Disney World. Um, there was another one that was uh, Barbara's cat Cinnamon Buns becomes internet famous and they go to CatCon. And it's like, it was funny and it had good moments, but like I sat and I read through it and I'm like, this just isn't right. And then um, there were a lot of books that I loved that were in that diary format that I read growing up where each book was from a different character's perspective. Oh, yeah. So I tried starting it as Cassie and being like, Barbara gave me this diary that I'm supposed to do now. And uh, okay, I guess I'll try um, just to kind of get in her head. Cause um, I've had readers say that they like love that character, but also kind of hate that character. Cause she can be yeah. really mean at times. So I think if I ever were to do a sequel, you'd get to know, I don't know that you'd necessarily be in her head, but you definitely get to know her better and get to know kind of her passions, uh, see a little bit more of like her mom and kind yeah. of, yeah, like some of some of the reasons she feels the way she feels. And yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a really good way to go because she was a great character and there was a lot there that I still would like to know, especially the dynamic with her mother. Her mother's separated from her father and she's got, she was British. Or was she, uh, she living was in London? Living in London. She was London. living in London and yeah. she kind of abandoned her for another family. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'd, I would like to see maybe Cassie go to England. That know? was another one I tried to work on. And I, at yeah. that point in time, hadn't ever been um, to England before. And so it was a lot of me on Google Maps. And I mean, you can write about places you've never traveled, but um, it was a lot of research that was really daunting. And now um, my husband and I have actually like, had the luck to get to travel there um so if i ever did revisit it that's research i could like pour in which would be nice like you know yeah she and uh, barbara could go and be working this convention that's true Ooh, you know that would be such a good way to get them over there yeah 
And you know, it could be that the cat, maybe they have adventures where they take the cat and they do videos with the cat and they put the cat into these situations where the cat is a superhero. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so cute. Cat gets your internet following and then you, they, they get invited to go to this con and so they get all expenses paid Mm -hmm. and that gets them over there for free. So you don't have to worry about, you know, Barbara feeling bad about, about Cassie, Cassie, right? Cassie paying for her way for her. She can pay her own way because the cat's paying the way and the cat has to go too. And, you know, you yeah. can have somebody babysitting the cat if you want to get them out with adventures or they could pet the cat in some kind of a stroller carrier and the cat goes everywhere with them. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. So, I mean, like if I ever did write another one, there's a lot of material to play with for sure. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, if you're listening, we, <laughs> we need comments about what you want to see uh, for this sequel. So if you've read it and you want to comment, um, leave a comment in the bottom. Uh, if you're on the podcast, it'll be the first thing on the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, you know how to do that. So, okay. So you've got a, a new book out. I have um, a girl called monster came out in 2017. And then um, there's a couple of short stories I've published since then too. So um, there were some horror things, which were new for me. I, I, you know, I have a girl called Monster, which is a Frankenstein story, but it's really more like coming of age and there's some dark themes, but it's overall not horror. It, it feels more, it doesn't even really feel urban fantasy. It feels very contemporary. She just happens to be a Frankenstein monster. Um, and um, then How I Met My Other is the other one, um, which came out last year on Valentine's Day. And it's all true stories about how uh, people met their significant others. So some people wrote about their parents, some people wrote the stories of their grandparents. Um, and then I wrote How I Met My Husband, Matt. So that was really fun to dive into. Um, I've never really written it's nonfiction, but in a YA voice. So um, it, yeah, I wish, I guess I don't really read a ton of nonfiction. So I'm not sure if that, how common that is to, I, I guess, yeah, oh, historical yeah. retellings. Yeah, people do that where it's, um, yeah. I've seen a lot of that where it will be, uh, there's that one book, Eliza and Alexander, and it's like a Hamilton reimagining retelling. Okay. So she's taking history, but it's in a young adult novel, which is very cool. Like um, <laughs> but yeah, I tried to keep it very active, first person, um, and it was it was fun. I that's what I was planning on reading today. And yes, as I was practicing, something. yeah, yeah, yeah as I was practicing, I'm just like, oh, cool. Let me just like cry. <laughs> well, okay. So I kind of picked a section in the center of the story, um, and for some background. I had been checking out my husband for like three months before we um, were going out on a date. So um, I had seen him at this coffee shop where he was uh, playing open mics a lot. He would host sometimes and he was just like this very cute boy who would wear like suspenders and bowler hats and I, teenage goth me was just swooning so hard and I still am. Um, How long have you been together? We've been together, um, uh, married eight years and together 10 years. Um, yeah, so he's just the cutest and I thought he didn't know I existed. And the background of how we met, which maybe I should just find and maybe I should read that part instead. Yeah, that part might be better. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay. So to start off with, we are at Natura, which is a coffee shop that still exists over by UCF. It's a really crowded night. I have some social anxiety, but it was way worse back then. Um, so in crowds and crowded situations, I would pretty much just like kind of shut down. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it was not fun and it still isn't, but I had some friends there and my sister, I believe, like ordered my drink for me that night. So she went up and had to deal with like the cashier and like standing in line and stuff while I hung out with my friend, Jesse. So um, 
the coffee house is long and narrow. It has quirky local art, including a paper mache dinosaur mounted on the wall, which makes you feel like you're kind of an extra in a movie. Tonight, it's a sardine tin leveled crowd full of indie rock kids. Cases of hodgepodge instruments are stacked up by the stage, right where Jesse is still flailing. Uh, the paragraph before that, I had a friend who was like, Paige, over here, <laughs> which was very <laughs> typical. Um, Jesse is still flailing. Inching through the crowd, I accidentally step or elbow everyone in my path. My twin sister, Lily, on the other hand, has no problem getting to the front of the line. She orders for me and I slip her some cash. She knows the drill by now. I hate talking to people. As I'm waiting for my drink, I notice a boy smiling across the room, shooting arrows through my heart. I'm not the type to get overwhelmed by smiles from cute strangers, but I've seen this boy before. So often, in fact, that I secretly call him cute hat boy. The cute part is self-explanatory. He has giant puppy dog eyes and a glittering smile, dimple, dimples included. His shoulders are the kind you wish you could snuggle right into, and the hat part refers to the fact he's wearing the best hats. Hand-painted top hats, fuzzy knit caps, even bowler hats like the one he's sporting today. Oh, it, did the internet cut out? It did momentarily, but it, it, you didn't lose any words. I was going to stop you if it did. Keep going. Okay, good. All right. Unfortunately, his smile isn't directed at me. My heart aches as I watch him chatting animatedly with a cute girl holding a ukulele. Lily hands me my drink before disappearing into the crowd to hang out with her friends. This place is nuts. Just looking around, it gives me anxiety. There's nowhere to sit, I complain as people squeeze past us. Heck, there's nowhere to stand. Nah, it's fine, Jesse says confidently, plopping down on the coffee table, already cluttered with coffee cups and a hookah the customers before us abandoned. She points to an old guitar case next to her. Neither of these are chairs, I say, but she just shrugs. Natura is Jesse's second home, so she'd know better than I would that the case, oh, sorry, the case is the case edges of the guitar are duct taped together. There's a draft painted on the front. Carefully, I sit down. Everything Jessie owns is customized in some way. Her notebook is, of song lyrics is made from old cereal boxes and there's scribbles on her shoes. Are you sure this is okay? I ask. I don't want to ruin her guitar case. Yeah, don't worry about it. But it's me and I worry about everything. I sit lightly on the case. It's honestly not very comfortable, but it gets me slightly out of the way of the crowd coming and going from the shop. I take a, take a deep breath and sip my boba tea. The sugary honeydew flavor hurts my teeth, but it tastes good. People flutter around everywhere with constant motion. It's almost hard to focus on the conversation Jessie and I are having. Then suddenly her head jerks up and she looks at someone. I follow her eyes, panic rising in my chest. Cute hat guy stands like two feet away from me. Why is he standing right there? Oh my God, why is he looking at me? Why is he so much cuter up close? His brown hair is a little shaggy and looks impossibly soft. I try and fail not to stare like a weirdo. Is this okay? Jesse points to the guitar case and I suddenly realize the guitar case was never hers. No, nope. I'm sitting on the cute boy's guitar case. This is the worst moment of my life. I watched his adorable face twist into hesitation or into a hesitant expression like he's trying to figure out a polite response but i am a total stranger sitting right on top of his musical instrument yeah just don't he begins and starts to shift his weight from side to side just don't what don't crush his guitar does this mean he thinks i'm fat no no way a normal sized person could totally crush a guitar in a guitar case wait could they Oh my God, he thinks I'm fat. The cute boy thinks I'm fat. I need to leave, I need to go home. Tonight is cursed. I can feel my face getting redder as he stands there and stares at me with his pretty big eyes. I open my mouth to speak, but words are so not a thing right now. And considering my current train of thought, maybe it's better that way. I imagine trying to start a conversation with him a dozen of times, but how can I bounce back from this? No conversation in history has ever gone, hey, how did you meet your husband? Oh, I almost crushed his guitar with my butt. So <laughs> I'll stop there. So that's how I officially <coughs> kind of started talking 
to my husband. <laughs> oh, that is great. Yeah. That is really great. So this is a collection of how many stories are in this book? Um, there are, let me see if it says on the front. It's fun because it's um, broken up into sections. So it's how sweet it was. And that's kind of the sentimental ones, how funny it was. And that is where my story is, uh, how timely. So that's the kind of time focused ones and then how funny part two because apparently there's a lot of funny meetings of spouses but let's see I think it's three six nine ten eleven twelve twelve stories uh so it's twelve different authors or did you twelve different these? authors 12 yeah different oh authors. wait nope there's more twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen 16, 16 different authors. Yeah. 16 authors. Oh, that's fantastic. And um, a couple of the indie book fest authors are in here too, which is really Hold fun. up the cover again for oh, anybody yeah. that's watching Ooh. on video. So if you're watching on video, it is, oh, it's a hardback. How I Met My Other, True Stories, True Love, edited by Arielle, oh, how do you say her last name? She's one of my good friends and I'm still having a moment where I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Arielle has edited it and she's done an excellent job. That was really good. I really like that. Oh, and that's you. just a section. So I, I'm dying to read the rest of it. So I'll have to find it. Is it on Amazon? It's on Amazon in paperback and hardcover and then Kindle as well. There's an ebook version of it. There is not an audiobook, but gosh, would an audiobook be fun of this one? Like that would be because you could get each author to narrate their own mm -hmm. stories. And um, uh, if you use find a way, don't use ACX because, sorry, Jeff Bevos, but um, ACX will take you, will, will make you sign a seven-year contract. Oh. Yeah. So, but find a way voices is fantastic. Um, my first audio book is through them. And then my editor and my audio girl are waiting for the second book, which I'm just finishing the last two chapters. So um, anybody listening who is waiting for the book, it is going to be finished. I keep saying it's going to be out, you know, this month and then. I get sick, like I was sick all of, all of December and all of, almost all of January. Then I was out of town at a family reunion last week. So that, um, that was more fun than writing. Um, but <laughs> yeah, definitely. But uh, I, I, I told my editor, she uh, called me this morning, where's the book? <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. But when you get ready to do, like I said, uh, if you go through Find Away Voices, you can find um, uh, uh, narrators through there or, or you can narrate your own things and just submit your files to them and they list all of the things that you need to do and it's not that it's easy but it's a lot less difficult and i know a lot of times people will get their microphone and they put a blanket over themselves <laughs> and they talk under the blanket and it's, supposedly that works well and i've done audio in the closet in my closet it's very small nice. and there's clothes just completely surrounding me and so, but I have a, a nicer uh, office now that I share with my daughter and I kicked her out this morning, <laughs> but she's usually I, over on the side there playing video games. Oh, that's so. cute. I, um, I've tried to record audiobooks a couple of times. Uh, whenever a girl called monster came out, I was like, okay, I have a goal. The next three months, I'm going to get an audiobook like done and recorded and it's going to be great. And like you were saying, it's like every time you want to sit and record, your throat is like, hey, what yeah. if you were sick today? Um, yeah. And I yeah. also, it's just such a skill. Um, and that's, at Find A Way Voices is one of the ones on my list uh, because they were at Indie Book Fest one year and gave a really great presentation. And that's they, the, I think yeah. that was two years ago. That was, mm -hmm. um, and I went to the presentation and uh, I chatted with them a bunch and, and, and they were great and they I, I was able to text them and say hey it's melissa from orlando and did you've done these things yet because these are the things i need you to do to make it better for me and they're really good about that uh the guys from vellum are really great too i was at oh a i've heard con, good things about brad and brad i was at a con in chicago and uh i told i met the guys before they went up to give their talk and i said gotta let you know that i write in your program i don't just use it for formatting i write in it and I used to use Scrivener and there's so much, you can put so much in there that it was too much. And I was finding myself doing all these, all these possibilities and keeping all these options. And then I would get nothing done because I was just keeping everything. But with Vellum, I make myself, I write the one chapter in Vellum 
uh, you just have to write offline because uh, there's a glitch, not mm -hmm. from them, but from Matt, your Mac, that it will make it jump from inside the where somewhere in there to the very top. Oh, so half weird. a word written and then it'll jump to the top. So, but it's better to write when you're offline line anyway, because otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, the internet, Pinterest, <laughs> you get nothing done. Absolutely nothing done. Okay. So you've got these, you have, you're in two books you've written, plus you're in an anthology. Mm -hmm. So it, what are you working on now that's going to come out next? Oh man. Okay. So my next thing that's, uh, with my editor right now is called Dear Galaxy, and it's a 1950s inspired space road trip romance. Uh, so I'm looking at my Love desk it. and I'm still seeing, I have like notes just scattered around of like, make sure that uh, the space age ladies guide to romance, like title is consistent throughout. Cause um, my character, my main character is an advice columnist for her school newspaper. And so she's got, this very kind of swoony romantic personality where she's reading all these love letters and giving this advice, but she's honestly pretty inexperienced. And um, she is just like, man, I wish, I wish someone would write a letter to me. Like, how cool would that be? And one day she gets a letter to her persona. So it's not to her, yeah. Susie, it's to Miss Galaxy. And you have an, an anonymous admirer writing to an anonymous like advice that. columnist. Yeah. Yeah. And so she gets sent on a scavenger hunt through the stars to try to figure out who her secret admirer is. Oh, that sounds fantastic. How close was, are you to being done? Well, so I finished the, um, the manuscript and I sent it to my editor and she is... Hmm, I think she's probably a third of the way. I think I get my edits back end of March and then it will be probably a decent amount of work of just tightening up the story. Um, kind of, it's my first time writing in outer space. And so <laughs> it's been uh, fun and challenging. And also since it's very like Jetsons inspired, there's an amount of like real world that I don't necessarily have to follow, but you still want to make it like plausible and not take yeah. the reader out of the moment. Um, so I think edits will probably take a couple of weeks, if not like a month, depending on how like how many notes I have and how much I have to tidy up. Um, but I'm really excited. So the the plan is after March, get that all tightened up and then for this one, I'm going to query agents and small presses uh, and we'll kind of see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. So when you, when it's ready, let us know. Let yes. us, by us, I mean me, let me know. And so you can come back on uh, the oh week God, that it yeah. premieres and talk about it. And, uh, and that'll give me time also then to get a copy and read it before we talk. Yeah. We could do like a giveaway, read a sample chapter, yes. or not a whole chapter. That would be too much, but a sample scene. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. And, and yeah. I love that kind of story. So, I mean, I love, well, I lo I'll read, I love everything. I'll read yeah. everything, everything. So, but it sounds it, great. It, thank you. It's my first time writing um, something where the entire plot strings on a romance. So confidence had some romance in it. Uh, a Girl Called Monster really didn't. And uh, then my short stories, most of them have some sort of romantic element in there. But this is my first like novel where I'm like, I'm diving in. We're going to write romance. It's going to be cute and swoony and my grandma is so excited she's like <laughs> is she like romance yeah I mean she she likes romance and then also I mean the 50s is the time when she fell in love with my grandpa too so yeah. I think it's just gonna be a fun one for her to read um and she every time I talk to her she's like how's that space romance coming and I opened up um my birthday was actually yesterday and she said oh, happy birthday thanks 30 year old now. Um, so um, in the birthday card, it was like, happy birthday, Paige. How's the space romance coming? I was like, I have to call her and be like, it's an editing grandma. I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, my own mom, um, she, uh, she has dementia now, so she doesn't remember that I write. But when she did remember, it was always, where's the love? There's no love in your oh. books. I write mysteries. There's no, there's no love. I said, 
there's no time for love. They're usually a 48 hour time frame, and they're too busy trying to get through whatever they're getting their misadventures. There's no, there's no, there's no murder attached. There's no time for kissing. There's no time. Really? Now this, this last one, this last one that I'm trying to finish up, she does, there's a guy that she likes and I'm almost, I said to my editor, it's almost, she's almost a little too oh. gung ho trying to get this guy, but uh, nothing ever works out for her. So do you watch Miss um, um, Fisher? You know, I don't. I've I've got a, such a long list. I, I try not to watch too much TV because I love TV. I love the movies. My husband and I are going to go see Harley Quinn tonight. At oh, six. fun! So I've been dying to see it. Then I'm going to go see it again on Sunday. I already know I'm going to love it. So just from the, I love the ads. But anyway, so uh, so uh, what what did you ask me? Oh, Miss Fisher. I was wondering. Oh, Miss Fisher. It. Yes. Yeah. No, I need to need to. What channel is that on? Um, I know it's on Netflix and then I think it's on like an Australian network. So So it is on Netflix. I have Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I've got I need to watch the third season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I need to watch the <gasps> it's next so good. season. And I, I yeah, and I need to watch the next season of Jack Ryan and I need to watch we watched Oh, we, the shows we've been watching though were in real time, which was um The Mandalorian and Picard. Oh my God, oh. The Mandalorian was so good. <laughs> no, I brought out, I brought out, um, when we were going out to our family reunion, we brought men, because we're right by Orlando. Oh, so okay, I yeah. brought, we went up there to get uh, Mandalorian t-shirts and socks for everybody. Cute. So yeah, except then I said, I didn't buy any for myself. You gotta <laughs> go back. Yeah. I gotta go back and get myself a pair of socks. Oh my gosh. I love the character development in that show. Um, just yeah. the small details to, um, the Mandalorian's character. Um, I was watching it with my husband and I looked at him and I'm like, have you noticed how polite he is? He always is, says thank you when it's like kind of warranted or not even, but it's, it's so unexpected to see this kind of like tough anti-hero sort of character yeah. be so like thoughtful and like gracious about stuff I was I was um and I also liked how all of the characters around him always seem a little taken aback like yeah yeah you can yeah I don't know you can be a bounty hunter but you can have me still be a nice guy yeah, yeah. And I like I like the relationship between he and the child mm-hmm. um you know especially with the, you know the child's in there and looking at him and reaching out you know with the one hand to touch things but they're keeping eye contact and that's such a little kid a little <laughs> kid will do that and it really made it. And then he just, I don't know, just everything he did with that child was very father. And I like, and if you haven't watched the ending, I'm going to spoil it, but you've had time to watch it. So it's yeah. not my fault. <laughs> Warning, there's a spoiler coming up. <laughs> yeah, spoiler, spoiler. So stop Hold listening. a couple minutes, yeah. Really? No, don't stop listening. Just cover your yeah, ears. Just, yeah. But I mean, at, at the end, when they give him, when she does his armor and then gives him that little crest and, and calls him the, the parent, basically. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we were all just, oh, so wonderful it just it, it it was just wonderful but it just reaffirmed that relationship between the two mm-hmm. and I told and my husband I think he said it or I said it one of us said the child needs to be in every season and they can't if they get rid of the child they've lost the show because it's oh, yeah. all about that relationship between the father and the son I don't think they I think the moment that baby Yoda the child is not in the show the show, like the show's over. I think that they, like, I think that that is the story. And the minute that that's wrapped up, it's probably going to be the season finale. Cause I mean, I would be surprised. I, 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 my hope is whatever happens, if they find the planet or whatever, it's like, you know what? Family is family. And I'm this child's dad. And then they go back to the planet with the cute lady and they're racing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or the wrestler, uh, Kara something or other. Yeah. Oh, she's fantastic. She's great. I oh just, my God. I, I, yeah, that's all I want. I'm just, I'm such a slice of life girl where I'm just like, everyone could just be happy. <laughs> yeah, but you're right though. I mean, he's such yeah. a polite guy and mm-hmm. just, um, you know, you never see his face except the, well, the ones, one time you do see his face. Yeah. I was really Excuse me, I was surprised I showed his face, but just the way he would, somebody somebody said something to him and he kind of turned his helmet mm-hmm. and looked at them and you could just see him rolling his eyes. Yeah. You know, it just, it was, it's, 
I guess it's he and two other actors that wear the uniform, but he oh. does the voice. Yeah, because he's been on Broadway doing something. So some of the time oh. it was, some of the time it was somebody else, but they talked, at least one other person, they talked about how they would, the walk would be and how the, they would handle uh, the character moving and things to make sure that it was consistent. Uh, but yeah, the guy who was from Game of Thrones, I can't, the guy mm -hmm. playing the Mandalorian, he was on Broadway with something. Wow. Yeah. So while they were That's... filming the end of, or the, the last half of the show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. I wouldn't think That's that. wild. Yeah. Okay. And I remember when they did show his face, I thought, that, that doesn't look like the actor. Yeah. But it was That's... him. And I didn't think it huh. looked anything like him. It was very strange. But there's a great video of he and Poe from the Star Wars films reading Google searches about each other. And the guy who plays the Mandalorian, he is so goofy. And really? Not, oh, yeah. I have to see if I can find it. And, and I'll put it in the show, log, show links <laughs> if anybody else is interested. I'll see if I can find it. If anybody can find it, you put it in the show. You give us a comment and you tell us where it is. Uh, but he was so goofy and falling off his chair and laughing and giggling and just... He was so funny. It was fantastic. And the two seemed to have a great relationship. All of mm -hmm. the Star Wars actors seem to have great relationships when you see them. Oh, they, yeah. Uh, they all seem to be having such a great time. They really it, do. It, yeah, it, it does seem like... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just yes. saying, it, it just seems like they really have like a very strong bond and friendship with each other. Whenever you see the, the interviews and like them all in group things, it's just, it's very sweet. Like... Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a fun franchise to watch. I was thirteen when the first movie came out in nineteen seventy seven, so um, I've been a fan since. I mean, I can remember watching the trailers on TV before the movie came out, and oh my me going, "That's what I want to be at the theater to see." And going to see it at the theater in the days when the screens were huge. Nowadays, the screen's like a TV screen, but in those early <laughs> days, I mean, we went and we sat in the front row and you're moving your head from side to side as you're trying to read the crawl that starts in the very beginning. Um, but I've been a fan, like I said, since then. And I always joke that in my heart, there's only that one movie because it was a great movie. It concluded nicely. There was no reason to find out why Darth Vader was the way he was. I don't care mm. about all those relationships. I don't need any of that other stuff, but I still like those movies. But I'm, I would have been okay with nothing more ever again. That's really interesting. Like, like for you, it's like a good standalone novel where you're like, I don't really yes. need a sequel or, huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of times they'll do sequels when they're not warranted. There's no reason mm -hmm. to have the sequel. But there have been some good Star Wars movies. I've, I've enjoyed all of them. I like Rogue One. Everybody goes on and on about yeah. how I hated it. And I thought it was a really good story. I thought it, it was, was really good. I was not invested in the characters until the last 40 to... It was a long movie. Like, probably the last yeah. half hour, that was when I realized... When, when consequences started to happen. Yeah. That I actually cared about all of them. Where at first I was... I don't know. For a little bit, I was like... I mean, I don't know. I don't really know yeah. that I've built the emotional connection to anyone. And then people started dying. And I was like, okay. <gasps> oh, they're dying. Yeah. yeah. And uh, spoilers again, if you haven't seen that movie, it's been out a really long time and you have really need to watch movies. Uh, but the fact that they all died, that was the only way they could have had it. Yeah. And because in, in A New Hope, they said uh, a lot of people died to bring this information uh, to whatever, you know, the little disc that R2-D2 mm -hmm. um, had, the battle plans. And it was always the joke after the first one that, oh, you know, the engineer made it flaw on purpose, you know. And that was a really great way to put in there them trying to, you know, rebel against what they couldn't get out of. Mm. But, but I've liked all of them. I, I loved the, um, I loved the girl that got so much slack from people oh, that she had to leave social Rose? media. Uh, yes. I, oh, I, I love, love her. her. So yeah, I'm I'm Rose Tico fan. She deserved better. Um, yes, she needed a whole movie with just her oh. character. Oh, she was kick-ass. She was yeah. so good. She was great. Yeah, we're yeah, we're in I, the same level of anger with that. We're like, yeah, and I, I guess <laughs> if, if if Carrie Fisher had lived, then there would have been more because her character was with Carrie Fisher. So yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, would have been more, but I think they should have just, oh, I know people are rolling over right now. They should have just recast Carrie Fisher. I know, but it, but it's, 
I don't know. Because I, I do think when they do the CGI flashbacks, there are girls that I know in real life that are cosplayers and stuff that would look more like a young Carrie Fisher than the CGI face. Um, yeah, now her daughter did the flashback with when she and Luke were young and he was training her. That was her daughter. Was it really? Because if I'm, I thought if I'm that remembering it looked right. like, I thought it, it looked like there was a lot of editing. Like There might have been to make her daughter look more. I don't remember maybe. what her daughter looks like, but I remember reading somewhere that her daughter did that part. And I was thinking back, well, same, same thing, thinking, I thought it was CGI. You know, because the CGI... The if it really the, was her daughter, that's very supposedly sweet. Supposedly it was her daughter. Yeah. I'll have to look again, but I, I think it was her daughter, which yeah, it was great. I love that, if that was. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Have um, you seen... Have you seen, speaking of Star Wars, have you watched um, Adam Driver's Saturday Night Live? Yeah. All of the them. <laughs> undercover Boss. Undercover <laughs> Boss. Boss. Oh, my gosh. That was hysterical. If you have not watched it, if you're listening, you need to... After this is over, and you've left <laughs> a comment, then you need to go and look at the YouTube channel of... Um, Saturday Night Live and see Adam Driver's undercover boss as Kylo Ren going in, so trying to figure funny. out why things aren't working the way they are. And they're hysterical. He is, he's so funny without ever cracking a smile. Yeah. It's just so well done. So well done. And, and I'm, I've never released, I didn't ever watch Girls, so I didn't know who he was. No, and, me neither. Yeah. And uh, I thought he was just whiny. I, I'm not a Kylo Ren fan, fan because he was, it's like Luke Skywalker was so whiny. Oh my God, he was whiny. And then, then Darth Vader is a teenager. He was so whiny. The men in that family were so whiny. The women, <laughs> the women were take charge and kick ass and they didn't sit around whining. They did stuff. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, it, it should have been, you know, all about the women in the care in the, it should have been about more about Leia, you know? Well, she helped yeah. the movie without her that they, none of thing, none of that would have happened in the first movie. It's true. I, I love me some angsty goth Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I did hear an argument in his favor where someone was like, he's scary because you do not know what he's going to do. Cause he's oh, Kylo Ren. Like, yeah. Because he's such a, yeah. All yeah. over the place. And I think through the movies, he gets less scary um, the more that... There's so many good memes of just him being like, touches hands with a girl. And then he's just like, yeah. all right, okay, maybe I'm different now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you brought up The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I have a fun fact for um, both you and anyone who's listening. I'm actually in the third season. <gasps> Are you? Where yeah. are you in the third season? So, um... I'm also in Florida, so um, they were filming actually in Miami when they get to the Fountain Blue, and I uh, there was a casting call that was put out, and I ended up getting placed behind the check-in desk. So that opening for the episode when she checks into the Fountain Blue, uh, there is a lady that she's talking to. I am next to the lady she's talking to. Oh, <laughs> so, nice. Well, now I got to go watch. A little bit of my face, and then there's some some shoulder action, a little bit of my arm. Yeah. But it was a really cool experience. I was there for two days to film that intro sequence, pretty much. There were a couple other short scenes that were filmed in that time, um, but pretty much it was just Midge checking in and the scene where she walks down the staircase, and that was... a. Uh, like a two 12 hour day thing it's yeah. just it's pr film is crazy like it's so cool just the detail that was put into it like even yeah. for us extras um like the continuity of which bracelet were you wearing yesterday because we need to make sure you're wearing the exact bracelet and yeah what color were your nails and it yeah it was very like a very cool experience yeah did you have to wear 50s clothes I, d I did and also I wear them like all the time so <laughs> um, uh, it was funny cause my mom and sister, it was, um, kind of around the same time as my mom's birthday. So we all went to Miami together as a trip. And then I went and filmed and they like hung out and relaxed by the pool. Um, but they walked through the lobby because it was active hotel while we were filming. Yeah. So they would have to take like a break, let a bunch of guests through and then, um, you know, close the set again. And so <laughs> Lily, my twin sister, and my mom walked through with their camera, just like snapping pictures. They're like, 
it was so hard to find you because normally you're the only person in the crowd wearing a 50s dress. And now everyone's wearing 50s dresses. They're all dressed like Paige. How do we find her? But I, uh, whenever I had a minute, I was like, I'm behind the desk. And they, um, they kind of had a moment where they could see me, which was pretty cool. Like, but yeah, I had a very like a cream wiggle dress with like beading on the top. Um, uh-huh. Very pretty. Oh, fun, fun. When um, we used to live in Alabama mm-hmm. and when Tim Burton filmed Big Fish, oh. my daughter and I were extras for oh, a cool. week. So all of the uh, sports scenes with Ewan McGregor were in the background. Uh-huh. And uh, I think the one you see us the most very briefly is uh, in the basket in the gymnasium when he shoots a basket, which Ewan McGregor could not do, and they had to have somebody <laughs> out of shot dropping it into the thing for him. Um, but we're but we're behind the cheerleaders, and for a moment you see us before they stand up, and so we we, we to make ourselves visible. It was, we were, for all the sporting events, and then the circus scenes. We were in the circus scenes too. I always made sure that we I stood up first. In the, when the circus scene, when they leave the circus tent on mm-hmm. the last on the very last one out. And I tell you, walking out, the urge to turn around, look back was so big, but I knew if I did it, they would kill me, which I'd be like, Hey, (laughs) I know, I know because it was, it was all one steady shot. They had everybody leaving and then showing it and they sped up the motion to make it go really fast. Um, But yeah, we had to wear fifties clothes. Oh my God. We're, but the fun thing was that we were, they had dressed us and we had these outfits and I've actually found the pictures the other day. Um, the original outfits that we were in were the ugliest outfits and we were walking down. It was, it was, uh, the main set was a high school that was no longer being used in uh, Cloverdale, Alabama, old Cloverdale. It's an old ritzy neighborhood. And so we're walking down the hallway my daughter and I, she was 16 at the time and she had her hair in a ponytail. I mean, she would, she looked like the typical kid right off of mm-hmm. uh, the happy day set. So we're walking or she didn't at that moment, but she did later. So we're walking down the hallway and the lady who was the costumer who won an Oscar, she was walking up the hallway and saw us and went, no. <laughs> and she took us and she dressed us herself. And that was just fascinating to watch her pick out things. And I don't know if I have a picture of before, but the after, the after was just amazing. And so my 16-year-old, you know, the poodle skirt with the little sweater Aww. and the, the ponytail and everything. And she just looked. So when she was, um, and she was very nonplussed by all this. And so she's on the set in the, she was, I wasn't in the carnival scenes, but she was so, because she was young and they wanted young kids mm-hmm. in the background. So she had Danny DeVito and Ewan McGregor and somebody else all chatting her up because she was so adorable. And she's like, yeah, they talked to me <laughs> about oh stuff. Just very, eh, who cares? Like <laughs> whatever child. Um, <laughs> but that was fun. And we did one other, we did, um, for a uh, museum, we did a um, tourism video, and after oh, that, cool. and we had to wear 1880s clothing, and that was fun. But Ooh. after that, and that played on the tourism thing when you went to that that place, it, it showed the video of us over and over and over that the thingy. Yeah. But she she said to me, "Never again, never, never, never." And I said, "Hey, we made a lot of money," and I said, "That yeah. took a long time for you to spend all that money that you made." work in that movie but but it was fun so i so i'll have to i have to go down which episode of mrs mazel was was the oh, one where she went to miami was it the first one of the season it's the first one where she goes to miami it's not the first episode um i can't remember the episode number um it's either comedy or cabbage or I think there's something that's just fountain blue something or other but if you're on amazon and you're looking at the thumbnails it's like the description is like Midge arrives in Miami and it's that's the it's one, that one. Yeah. Oh, I can't but wait to watch it. It was real fun. Yeah. And plus that season is just so good. Like it's, it's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I love all the, I love Tony Shalhoub especially. Uh, yeah. He's and great. I love last season. He had so much to do. First season, he didn't have a lot, but the last mm-hmm. season when he and his wife, uh, Marin Hinkle, when they went to France, was it France? Yeah. Yeah. And, that was just great. I, I loved the, the characters, how they interacted. Mm-hmm. And she, it was nice to see her character happy. Yeah, I because agree. Because she was so unhappy in that first season. It just, 
I don't know, just always kind of frowning and, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, it's, it's on my list to watch. And, and there's just, I have so many, I think I taped a bunch of stuff where we were gone. The flash is back. I got to watch that. <laughs> and um, that's the only DC one. I, I think I, I, I taped the last arrow. I never watched the show. I watched the first one and then I love origin stories and they skipped the origin story and they went right into like, Oh, oh. I lost me. He's on the Island. And then all of a sudden he's home. And there's no him becoming this character. You think and maybe they flashback or maybe they show it later. I don't know, but they lost me with that first episode. So, uh, but but I love you know I love I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. I love. The, mm. Do you like the new season of Doctor Who? I I fell off Doctor Who um, probably the second season with Peter Capaldi. Yes, uh, and there wasn't. A particular reason. I think I just kind of started getting bored. Um, it was it was right after the Clara arc, I think. So he hadn't gotten a new companion yet, and yeah. um, I really love the actress who plays Clara. But I think yes. the the storyline kept kind of getting a little repetitive, if I'm remembering right, at that point. Yeah. And um, there's just so much. There's like you were saying. There's so much to watch that. It was one of those, oh, we'll probably catch up. And then when the new doctor, um, I can't remember her name, whenever she got introduced, they were like, Ah, uh, they were like, everyone was like, oh man, try it out. It's really good. And I haven't Yeah, it I didn't like last season. She wasn't, she was a whiny woman who kept asking everybody to help her. And Mm -hmm. it just, it was really annoying because that's not the doctor. The doctor's confident and she was not confident that first season. Now she could be not confident the first episode because she's just become you know, the new doctor, but to spend the entire season, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? That's what it felt like the whole season. Mm. It was just not the doctor. And the guy, Chris Chabal, Chabal, who, who did um, broad church with her. She was mm-hmm. excellent in that excellent in attack the block. If you've seen, have not seen attack the block, get it because it was excellent. She's just this lady and coming home and, you know, late at night and there's a bunch of kids and, aliens land and they're all trying to survive this one oh, night. Wow. And it's, it's so, so good. Jody Whitaker, Jody Whitaker. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, but, but this, this season, this new, and the first one, the first season, the showrunner had said, well, I'm not going to have any of that other stuff you expect. It's going to be totally different. Well, it was totally boring because there was uh. no characters that you expect to see with Dr. Who. There were three companions. So it was, you didn't get to know any of them really mm. because there were so many of them. She was whiny all the time. And what should I do? What should I do? Yuck. But this season, she's got her confidence. She's clever. And that's what the doctor is, is clever. And mm. that was missing. And they've already had John Barrowman was on last week. Oh, nice. And it's like, yes, but he didn't see the doctor, but he thought somebody else was the doctor. So he was chatting with that guy, grabs him and kisses him. Doctor, it's so good to see you. And the guy's <laughs> like, uh, I'm not the doctor. That's funny. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's fantastic. And um, I think the Cybermen are coming back. And oh, they gosh. did, they did, yeah, because he talked about the Cybermen. And then uh, the Master is back. Oh, and oh, and so, and I think the Daleks, they mentioned the Daleks. So I think he understood, the showrunner understood that the Doctor's clever. You got to make the Doctor mm-hmm. clever. And then you got to have the things that people who love Doctor Who expect. I want to see all those characters that the Doctor's always battling. And I want to, I want to have adventure. And yeah, Peter Capaldi, I loved him in In the Loop. He was amazing in In the Loop. Uh, if you haven't seen it, no, it's another one. On your, it's a British show. It's funny. He is so funny in it. But he was not a good doctor. And I love the actor. I was so excited when he when he was signed up, but it he didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah, I just I don't I don't remember necessarily disliking him as the doctor. I think I just was having with whatever the plot things were around oops tapped my microphone <laughs> yeah it yeah. uh there there were issues with um mm-hmm. with, and yeah claire was great i was just thinking of claire the other day because people were bitching about there's a black version of the doctor that 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 you meet and they're oh the doctor can't be black well there's why not there's supposed a black woman time lord Clara interacted I think that Clara interacted with so uh, it's like 
oh, come on, people. The doctor can be anything. Yeah. You know? And I was a little reluctant for a woman to be the doctor just because I thought, well, I'm tired of them changing roles and then putting a woman in it. Write a kick-ass role that's originated for a woman. I'd like to mm. see that, you know? But I came around. I, I really like Jodie Whittaker. And even when she was the first season when she was floundering, I still liked her. But I, li I like her. She was excellent mm. in Broadchurch, like I said. And Attack the Block is is a must-see. Um, Simon Pegg is n not in it, but Nick Frost is. So uh, and I kept expecting Simon Pegg to show up. And I don't think he was in it. But Nick Frost had a role in it. But it's like six or seven kids in, in one of the low-income housing units. And they're all trying to survive this night with these aliens and there's some funny things and there's some sad things and there's some scary things, but it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, most definitely. And, and, you know, if anybody who wants an introduction to Jodie Whittaker of outside of Dr. Who, that and Broadchurch, you know, Broadchurch is very sad. It's about the death of a child and trying to mm -hmm. find out who killed that child and the, the yeah. whole season. So it's, it's very tear jerky, but she mm -hmm. was, she was excellent in that. And David Tennant's in that too. I do love David Tennant, but he's, you know, I feel like everyone, whoever their first doctor was, they have the fondness for, and he's the one that whenever I started watching, that was what Matt, my husband and I binged through and like, yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. yeah mine, was, mine was Tom Baker. So, okay. And, and I, I remember when I was very young, we lived in Boston and we had, you know, in my day, we had three channels <laughs> and UHF which is all we had, you know, and UHF are blurry, but we had the PBS channel oh. and we had Doctor Who and we had the first doctor. So, I mean, I would watch those as a kid, but it didn't really resonate with me until Tom Baker's episodes. Gotcha. And I, I, I saw one the other day and thought, I don't remember this at all, but I know I've, I've seen it probably because I would watch them on PBS. Um, but, but yeah, all, all good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, all good stuff. So, uh, I've had you on for ages now, probably over an hour. <laughs> so <clears throat> I've had you on for over an hour and the the smiling man with the shoulders has not wandered through. So <laughs> your husband. <laughs> oh, how did, you, how did you describe him in the, in the. Oh, with shoulders that you could snuggle into. Yeah, like, you could snuggle into it. I'm like, well, maybe okay. I'll wander through. <laughs> he's working. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. If you're on video, he's not going to wander through. You'll have to get the book and read the story and hold that one up one more time so people can see oh, yeah. that one. <clears throat> okay, oh. so is that a hardcover? Am I right in saying it it's is. a hardcover? Yeah, this okay. is a hard, they do have it in paperback and uh, Kindle, all of the things. I love that, How I Met My Other. Those are great, true stories, true love. And then this one is the book that started it all for me. And this was your first book back in 2015, it was, yeah. is that right? Mm -hmm. That okay. was, uh, it was a NaNoWriMo story and that was kind of, the thing that got me to finally finish a novel. I had like a million of half finished ones before that. And oh, I think yeah. most writers have a million or so. Do you want to go back and, and revisit those or do you use those as training tools and just move forward? There's, there's a, a big old collection of them that I probably will never touch again, but once in a while I'll have an idea for one. And I'll remember the other day I was thinking like, Oh, remember like the story about, uh, the mortician who was a vampire getting married to the lady who can see ghosts. That was interesting. And I kind of opened it up and I like went through and I read some of it and I went, this is an idea that I might use. In okay. The you, yeah. Something. I'd like yeah. you to revisit that. Cause yeah. I want to read that one. I want to read uh, that one after the space, the science fiction one. Um, and, and possibly the one about the girl that's Frankenstein. I mean, that's yeah. A girl called monster. That one is pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, that's good too. Yeah. So this is Confidence, a Diary of an Invisible Girl. It is a diary, but don't do not let that fool you. Excuse me, because it's uh it's great. It's really great. It's it's I didn't want to stop reading and I, I love the characters. And there's like there's one spot where it's like, oh my god, that's ridiculous. And then I went, actually, that is ridiculous and funny. And um, and then they they make use of it later, and I don't even want to say what, but because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Um, but I, I think you thoroughly enjoy it. And if you like Comic-Con, if you've ever been to Comic-Con, then you definitely want to read this. Um, I've only been a couple times. We went to one in 1983 oh, wow. before it was a big thing. And it was in like a Ramada Inn in San Francisco. And the room, Leonard Nimoy spoke, Michelle Barrett spoke, 
um, the room was so small. It was like one of those rooms that you go to and there's a couple hundred chairs and that's it. It was, it was just, oh, wow. it was just that. imagining that at such a small scale is, yeah. is wild. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was absolutely wild. And I remember, uh, Letter Nume was really great. And we have some of his records, but my sister and I drew all over them. So I couldn't bring one to try to get an autograph because we drew all over them in bad ways. So, <laughs> oh. And the only one that's not drawn over is my William Shatner Transform Man album, but I couldn't bring that one because he's not William Shatner. Uh, but this one kid, they, they had a Q&A session. This one kid got up and he said, um, how come when the enterprise is in danger, the saucer section doesn't ever separate from the main portion? And I said later to somebody, that's where they got it from. This kid at the thing said it and Leonard Nimoy said, oh, we got a lot of space cadets here today. <laughs> But he said it in a funny way. He wasn't making yeah. fun of the kid. He was a very nice gentleman. But I thought I could just see the people with him going, that's a really good idea, um, which is what they did later. The saucer separate, sections separated from the main portion of the ship. And they got it from that kid at the Ramada Inn in San Francisco in <laughs> 1983. Uh, and you I were can, there. <laughs> I was there. I saw it. Yeah. But yeah, and, it, and, and I think um, it was the second day of the convention and Michelle Barrett said, oh, most of you were here yesterday, so I won't talk about any of that stuff. And I'm like, I wasn't here. I didn't say anything, but I should have. But she talked about jewelry a lot. I guess she made huh. jewelry or something. Anyway. That's fine. Was really, yeah, she was interesting. But so that, I mean, that was ours. And there was one small room with like merchandise. But that was like, I, I want to say that's my only time ever going to a convention. And we keep... My my youngest and I keep saying that we're going to go to Dragon Con. Is that the one mm, in Orlando? Yeah, no, that one is in Atlanta. Atlanta. We keep Mega talking Con about, is the yeah. big Orlando one. And and we keep saying we're going to do that. And and there was one in Tucson that I not yeah when I used to live in Tucson they had one I never knew it. Wow. And so we were there for eight years and I could have gone and they had all kinds of people that would go to those. And William Shatner was at the last one. I'm like. <laughs> John Barrowman, and I'm like, gosh, I had oh, friends wow. that got pictures. I'm like, oh man, I didn't even know or I would have gotten a ticket and they sold out. <laughs> um, but I, one of these days, maybe maybe my youngest yeah. and I will do that. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun, but I, I will let you go. So where can people find you? Oh man, I am all over the internet. So, oh yeah, um, she has, I'll interrupt her again. She's got a YouTube <laughs> channel with videos and she's got a blog and I will have links for both of those, but go ahead and tell everybody. Yeah. So, um, YouTube, I'm trying to be more active on, there's like a ton of content that's a little older about making web comics. There's vlogs on there. Um, there's a couple of video game playthroughs. Uh, and then I recently got on TikTok. So hello youths. If you, <laughs> but, I don't even um, know what that is. I'm too old. It's a really fun, it's kind of like a vine. Uh, it, it's, it's an interesting, like short form video platform, which, um, I've been playing with a lot lately and it's just been kind of like a neat, like self-expression sort of thing. So that's where a lot of like nice. weird, goofy stuff has been going um, Twitter, Instagram, it's all Mrs. Paige Lavoie. So MRS and then Paige Lavoie and, yeah, I try to post like different content on each social platform. So it's interesting and it's not just repeats of the Yeah, same and stuff. your website is www.pagelavoy.com. And it's L, how do you spell it? A V O I E. O I E dot com. So, yeah, and so if you're listening in the car, you have to pull over to the side of the road and take a look <laughs> at the show notes. We'll have everything on there of, of where to find Paige's books and her YouTube stuff and her website. And like I said, I, I wandered a little bit on there and then I, I had to stop because we had to do this and I'm like, no, I'm watching, I was watching videos. I don't want to stop watching them. Uh, so I got a little distracted myself, but that's where you will find these. And thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for having me. Finish writing the outer space one and the one that you described a little while ago um, I'll listen to, I'll have to listen to this again to hear what the description was, but I remember listening going, oh, it was vampires and something The mortician one. one, yeah. Write that one right now. I want to read that one right now. So get to work, uh, go write, and uh, right everybody now. else listening, uh, I'll be back in just a second. <laughs> Thanks, Paige. I hope you enjoyed the interview, and if you leave a comment, I will throw your name into a hat for a free copy of one of Paige's eBooks. She has, uh, I think, three books out right now. Mm -hmm. um, 
I should know. I just listened to the interview. Anyway, so if you leave a comment, uh, you want to leave it either on YouTube or follow the link if you're on the podcast go to the show notes and follow the link for leaving a comment. If you leave it elsewhere, I will not see it. Uh, the, the podcast is all sorts of places and I just have too hard a time keeping track of where comments are coming from. I'll have people say, I left a comment. You didn't say anything. I say, well, you got to leave it where I'm going to see it, which is on either YouTube or following that link that should be right at the top of the show notes. So leave a comment and I will toss those names into a hat and I will draw one randomly. And one of you will win an e-copy of one of Paige's books. And I will do that drawing on the 29th around dinner time. So I live on the East Coast. So I don't know, eat dinner around five or six o'clock. So try to get it in by like noon Eastern time on uh, the 29th of February, leap year this year. So happy birthday to all those leap year babies who get to celebrate their special day only once every four years. I think I've only known one person who had a birthday on leap year. She used to go around talking about how she was like two. <laughs> I think we were in grade school. Must have been. Okay, well, I will see you next week. I'll have another great show. I will not be sick. I won't. I'll see you next week. In the meantime, go read a good book. <laughs>